A welcome once again uh-huh. to Pandora's box. We uh-huh. hope you're having a nice day. Get jazzy up in this house. We're getting jazzy. Oh, yeah. We're going to spit some facts this evening. We got many a tale for you. And I'm randomly getting jazzy in here with Bullwinkle, Charlotte, and Drew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> melodies of David Smith. David Smith. AKA Damn the Bard. You're listening to Pandora's Box on Asmite Radio. I'm your host as always. Obadiah. We have the man with the golden nugget. Yo yo back young, again. Young Bullwinkle. That's me. Named Bullwinkle because he has the spirit of a bull and the body of a winkle. That's right. Um and take it as a threat. Take it as a threat to yeah. your very nature. That's right. We also have Droop at the Bear. <gasps> Otherwise known as Ripple XRP. Oh, Ripple XRP my over God. here. <laughs> and um, you cannot see her for she is like a whisper mm. on the wind. But we also have Charlotte with us today, who's been mm. doing work experience with us. Mm-hmm. Hi, Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte's waving. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to be talking about some stuff on the show today that Charlotte is interested in, like Celtic mythology, <gasps> and also like the human heart. Mm. And heart surgery. For mm. one day, Charlotte might be the female version of Doctor Strange. Mm. <laughs> but hopefully without the car crash. Mm. Yeah, so um, that's cool. <laughs> We're going to start off today's show <laughs> with um, some cool astrological facts. Ooh. Oh my god. No, actually, not astrological. Universal. Astronomical. Astronomical. Because there is, of course, a difference between astrology and astronomy. Mm. Astrology is like star signs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Astronomy is like science of space. Mm. So did you know this one, at first, I think, confuses the brain to the extent you think, how is that possible? And then shortly afterwards you go, Ah. of course it's possible. Mm. Are you ready? Are you ready? ready? Mm -hmm. Did you know that a day on Venus is longer than a year on Venus. Now, you may ask yourselves, how is that possible? Uh, I get it. So why do you think, why do you, think you uh, get it? Because it takes longer for the actual uh, planet to spin than it does to go around the sun. <gasps> He's got it! He's got ding, it! Ding, ding, ding! See, sometimes he restores faith in Look himself. He restores mm. my faith in him. Not that I ever fully lose faith in you, of course, Bill oh, But it's just funny sometimes watching you struggle to <laughs> open doors and <laughs> shut windows. And <laughs> I try my best. Sometimes. So is it just like spinning around the sun super fast then? Yeah, so obviously a year is how long it takes yeah. a planet to go yeah, around yeah. the sun, and a day is how long it takes it so to spin, spin entirely on its mm. axis, 360 degrees. Mm. So yeah, it spins so slowly on its axis that it actually, a year... Mm. is quicker than a day that's mm. crazy isn't that so mm. weird because it seems almost like spinning in your head because we're so used to thinking oh, okay there's like 365 yeah. and a quarter days in a year mm. Mm. so you obviously you think like a year is way longer than a day yeah but obviously that's naturally not a general rule yeah that's just mm. the rule for us so it'd always be your birthday if you were born on venus that's crazy because i thought a year was just a eh? Oh, yeah, would be, man. He said so every day would be your birthday on Venus. Every day's your birthday. Yeah, I thought a year was like a, like it was based on time. I didn't even think that it was based on the time. That's why at first it sounds like an oxymoron. Mm. Mm. That's so weird, isn't isn't it? it? Which, by the way, is a sentence that contradicts itself. Mm. Dubious. A dubious claim. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Paul Winkle's new favourite word, dubious. by the way, everyone, is du- uh, not not dubious. No, 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 dubious. Dubious. <laughs> dubious. This is quite a cool one. This is like the law of probability in action. Um, in 1977, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune were entering a rare alignment that occurs only once every 175 years. But this just so happened um, at a time when humans were first attempting space exploration and coincidentally had just sent out their Voyager 2 probe on flyby, so it caught all four planets in perfect alignment on the Whoa. way out of the solar system. Whoa. And they didn't realise it was going to happen. How, how often? 175 years? Yeah, it just happens like once every 175 years. Crazy. And it just so happened that as they were sending out the Voyager 2 probe, it happened, so they caught it all on their probe. Oh, that's cool. amazing. How cool is that? Yeah. That's I love like space, man. I love space. Yeah. Space man. I love that. I like that. You know, it's just that idea that um, that's the beauty of the law of probability, isn't it? It's the idea that sometimes things that are so Im- like ridiculously improbable will have mm. to happen just because every possible thing that could possibly happen in the universe happens sometimes. Yeah. Mm. So regardless of how improbable, I mean, it's basically it's a bit like winning the lottery, isn't it? You might think, well, you know, it's like one in ten million chance, but somebody wins. I remember hearing a um, a space fact when I did my scenarios episode on space. Mm. I'm going to try and find it, but it was something mental. So I'm going to try and search up while you read the next fact. Another space fact. Mm. Oh, cool. Jupiter's moon, Amalthea, is an extremely irregular shape and was the last moon in the solar system to be discovered through direct visual observation. It was discovered in 1892 by the American astronomer Edward Emerson Barnard from what is known as the Lick Observatory, bit of a weird name, mm. with a 36-inch refractory telescope. I've got a refractory telescope. Have you? Mm. That's quite cool, man. That's quite a cool one. Yes, um, just a mirror one. Mm. Mm. This is a this is a, a cool one because it would just be like really spinny to be on on a Mercury. There are locations on the planet Mercury where, at certain times during the day, the sun will a, the sun will appear to pause reverse direction and then continue forward again as it moves across the sky and this is because mercury's orbit um isn't in a constant accurate state do you know what mm. i mean so it doesn't spin mm-hmm. in like a normal way like it ours has a does. bit of a wobble yeah so it's like sort of going all over the place but mm. the the effect it would ha- it would give you if you're on mercury would be that the sun was almost like going Whoa, weird across yeah. the sky yeah. that's a cool little fact isn't it I couldn't find the fact I was looking for. No? Uh, it was a Usain Bolt fact, and it was how quick he could run across one of Saturn's rings, and it was, like, ridiculously fast. Mm-hmm. It was, like, an hour or something. Oh, really? to run the rings. But I did find out that if he was on Saturn, he could fly mm. because of how fast he can run. So he'd be able to run fast enough to propel himself in the air and fly, mm. which is pretty cool. Talking of Saturn, um, it was a mystery until 2019... Um, how long a day was for Saturn. Mm. But we've just found out with um, a degree of certainty that a day in Saturn lasts 10 hours, 33 minutes and 38 seconds. Mm. And it might, like, it's almost like a weird one in a way because I think because Saturn is the largest um, planet in our solar system, you think that like... It would, slow, s- it would be a bit slower. slower. Yeah. Mm. But I think one of the things that's really unique about the Earth is actually like, relative to its size, it actually spins on its axis very slowly, mm. which is obviously good for us. Yeah. Because it gives us more hours in the day. But I, th- I think I'm right in saying that, like, Jupiter has, like, a fairly quick one as well, even though it's the largest planet right, in the solar system. Right. Yeah. I know. I, th- I think I've, like, said this... Um, I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure. Jupiter is, a, is no, what's known as a cosmic vacuum cleaner. Its gravitational influence causes comets and asteroids to, to pull in ah, and collide yes. with it. 
the rate it's of Im- out a few times. Yeah, definitely. Mm. The rate of impacts of of comets hitting Jupiter is eight thousand times higher than that of the rate of Earth. Mm. Without Jupiter, the probability of asteroid impacts with the inner planets would be much greater and much more catastrophic. That's oh, a cool one, isn't it? I like Jupiter. Mm. Yeah, am I, 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 I at the risk of making myself sound really dumb? Is the moon like branched off of like another rock that hit the Earth or something? No, they think they There's think theories of that. They think that what um. Oh, what was it? I think they think that um, the Earth once collided, or like something collided with the Earth that was like a massive, almost like a massive asteroid, but like, you know, it would have been almost like the size of a planet. Yeah. And that a part of it collided with the Earth and almost like it got absor- absorbed into the Earth, I think. And mm-hmm. then the part that was left over got stayed in our gravitational pull and started orbiting the Earth. Mm. And that's what is now our moon. Oh, right. So it was only like a little bit that broke off of the moon to hit us. Yeah, so I think it like collided with the Earth, and obviously a certain yeah. amount of it would have been destroyed. Because I feel like if the Moon, they say, don't they, that if you drop like a penny from like outer space, mm. when it the speed that it would impact when it came in, it would like cause like quite a lot of damage. Mm. If the Moon hit us, mm. I feel like that would be it. I think it happened at a time before there were any organisms on the right, Earth. Right, right, right. So when the Moon hit. Yeah, when the moon hit the earth, yeah. things had to settle down a little bit. There, again. there, yeah. there wasn't even microorganisms. Mm. I don't yeah. think that's what I struggle to find though. Is like how after they hit, it went back. The earth went back to being like circular. Do you know what I mean? Who knows what it was like before it hit? Yeah, there's obviously yeah, there's obviously something. Um, this must just be the case because of the fact that all planets and stars and moons are round. Mm. There must be something about the way mm. that yeah, yeah. everything works. Because you know the, like the pressure or something. Yeah. You know galaxies all work in balance. So like every galaxy has a star. So mm. our, obviously, and a sun is a star. Sun is just another word for the star. So our star and our galaxy is our sun, and then everything rotates around the sun apart from some moons which then rotate around planets. Mm. So I think like I think like Jupiter has like four moons or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Don't quote me on that, but I think I'm, I'm pretty. I think it might be four. They have has more than one anyway. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but if you think about it, the fact that all of these things are round, it mm. must. It something must in the way that it's about the gravity. In the gravity. It must be something to do with yeah. the fact that it like spins. And, and mm. do you know what it almost like reminds me of? Imagine if but, you were like um like a carpenter and you wanted to make like a round wooden ball out mm. of like yeah. a block. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you could almost like imagine like if like you know I mean like almost like scraping like off the sides sort of until yeah. it was like mm. round. Mm. I can imagine it almost like somehow has that effect as its things are like almost like constantly spinning and. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, in nature you see it a lot as well, isn't it? There's that. There's hardly ever any really like hard angles in nature. Yeah. It's yeah. All, they're all quite like wavy and 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 smooth and circular and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you wanted mm. to be really pedantic as well, it's not perfect. No, nothing's like perfectly round because obviously mm. we have like mountains everywhere. Mm. Yeah, and craters. So it's not stuff. like we don't have like yeah. randomly big things. Like we mm. have like massive mountains. Like you go out far enough, then it looks perfectly round. Yeah, but it's yeah, not actually. Yeah. It's mm. not actually perfectly round. Jupiter mm. has seventy nine moons. Whoa! Well, that's a lot more than four. Yeah, that is mad. That's crazy. That is crazy. Mm. I know that. Do you know that Mercury is the closest planet to Earth most of the time? Most of the time. Only most of the time, because obviously they're depends all depends if Mercury's in retrograde or not. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. Everybody run if it is. If it, is it? If it is? Yeah. If it is in retrograde, that means bad Mercury's stuff's going to happen, right? Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. I almost, said, I almost said suppository then. But <laughs> suppository. <laughs> suppository. Bad things can happen, man. <laughs> you would weigh the same on Mercury as you would weigh on Mars. Due to the much higher density of Mercury, the smaller planet has almost identical surface gravity to Mars. There you go. Mm. That's a nice little one. 
Um, oh, yeah, this is touching on what I said earlier. Even though Jupiter is a massive planet, a day on Jupiter only lasts about five hours because it rotates at a staggering 28,000 miles per hour. By comparison, wow. Earth rotates at around 1,000 miles per hour. Whoa. So it rotates 28 times faster. I wonder if you could feel that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because... You're going to be like, it, feel like you're it, on the road. You, when you think of like 1,000 <laughs> miles an hour, that's fast, isn't it? But mm. like just because of how big the surface area is of the Earth, yeah. mm. that's what kind of must make it feel like it slows it down because you can't obviously feel yeah. the rotation of the Earth, can you? I think it's really cool, though, like for us and also for everyone listening, though, to imagine, like, just if you, you know, we're just sitting in now. Right, everything seems super chill, mm-hmm. nice and calm. But the fact that we're all moving at a thousand miles an hour right now, yeah, yeah, I, I, I love that fact. It's just crazy, it's mad, isn't, isn't it? it? Do you it's know crazy. what I found out recently that completely blew my mind? What's and that? you probably already knew this, but I used to think that all the planets just like rotated around the sun and everything was all in place, yeah, like and everything was all in place in its place in space. I didn't realize that we're all moving, including the sun. Like constantly to a different di- different place. Mm. Like mm. we're never in the exact same what's place the in the universe as we always are. What, what's the sun's kind of like? Yeah, you know, in I the always kind of thought that like the sun out. was always in one place, and we just all spiraled does around. That, it. Does that mm. does that have a rotation around something, or like some kind mm. of? Uh, do you know what I mean? Like if you if a you a greater rotation. Yeah, yeah, is there a greater rotation that we're not even aware of? Well, I know that like uh, I think it's like seventy percent of the of like the universe is like dark matter, which is mm. mental, isn't it? Mm. Which is quite scary as well because nobody still really knows what dark. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody still really knows what dark matter is. Yeah, so scientists have lots of is that is dark matter and antimatter I don't, the same. I don't oh. think they're the same thing. Oh, no. Okay, but the thing, the crazy, like the crazy thing about dark matter is as well, nobody knows exactly what happens if you go into it. Mm. Most people think that you would like not even really die. That you would almost like cease to exist on like an anatomical level. So like the atoms in mm. like your so like to, to almost like to die, mm. you have to like your tissue has to d- be killed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, your, yeah, your yeah. tissue, but like it would almost wouldn't be like that. It would almost be like rather than thinking of it as like you would die if you went into dark matter, it would be more like you never were, mm. which is crazy, crazy, isn't it? It's almost as if like you would ne- like you'd be as far as universe Can existed. It would almost be like deleting a file on your computer. Mm. Do you know mm. what I mean? Mm, like once yeah. it's once it's deleted permanently from the recycle bin, Whoa, dude. it's like. Gone. Do you know what I mean? It's that, that's like a erased. Whereas obviously mm. normally, you know, you would die. You'd either be put in the ground, you cremated, yeah. or whatever. And then regardless of that, you know, your ashes are going to blow away. Or but mm. like to actually like just be completely deleted on an anatomical level. Mm. So some people think that would happen. Some people think like crazy theories though that like you could either go into like go into like a different dimension or even like time travel yeah. or, or like radical space travel. They say, don't they, the main thing that we know is just that it's like a hole that sucks stuff in and no light, yeah, even dangerous. light can't escape from. Yeah, yeah so like there's, you, it's, even light, light cannot exist. Yeah, yeah, that's why they're like black holes, is mm. that they're literally just like compl- as black as black gets because no light whatsoever can, can yeah. come out from like it. If you like shone a torch on it, like the light would just not yeah. be able to even be able to form. Mm. So I always find it quite crazy as well that because of how light works, if the universe was sucked into a black hole we would still be around when like when we're not if that makes sense because mm. it would take a while for it to catch up mm. so we would in reality we'd be in a black hole but in our our world we'd still be here for like a couple seconds or whatever mm. you could mm. pretty see cool. yourself disappear. yeah isn't isn't there oh i can't remember if this was like this some sort of i can't remember if this was a book or a movie but i swear there's some sort of like i think it might have been a movie i just can't remember who was in it what, and the, 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 the story is that like um 
it was, it was supposed to be like space travel, but not too much into the future, so that the like the the um, the astronauts weren't aware of what was going to happen. But it was like imagine like 10 years in the future where we had some sort of like breakthrough with rockets and the idea that like you get to the edge of our solar system and you find a planet that is is habitable so mm. we so, and then the astronauts mm. went down so the astronaut goes to the planet and oh, then yeah. he thinks he spends a day there yeah and then he gets back in the rocket and he goes back to earth <laughs> and his wife is like 40 years older than him and his mm. like ch- children are like completely grown up mm. and it's because of the way that time works like you know because like time is completely relative yeah and it was like because of the environment he was in only like a day passed but back on earth like 40 years mm. had passed and that's almost like spinning that's a strange concept even when you were saying about uh what what was the planet that span uh, there would only be five hours for a day jupiter jupiter yeah. yeah so like what would that feel like would that feel different would it feel yeah. like five mm. hours still or would it, would it feel, seem like 24 you know I mean? hours yeah, yeah. You know? is time really time yeah well they say that like, time does it feel they even say don't they that like time is relative. like something that we've made yeah. up almost like to help us like organize and comprehend mm. things yeah yeah our our space and time on this planet yeah you know it's just yeah it'll feel different in different places yeah. I would have thought. yeah they say like didn't they that like like some ancient um cultures didn't think of time as moving forward but as time as moving backwards oh. i know that, like the mayans like thought of that oh, so they would so it's weird like i think it's a really weird concept like i don't the even eternal now i find it even hard like even knowing that to even really get my head around that yeah do you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like how does how would like you would be going backwards there is but, no time just the present moment mm. yes <laughs> yes i guess it's just like it does you know it I think like most things in life though it's like it's like speech isn't it it's like things don't necessarily have to make sense they're just things that we've created to make us be able to understand and plan things yeah, so it's yeah. like if you didn't have you know if you didn't say okay well if okay one day is going to be you know the time it takes you know from for like the earth to rotate on its axis so you know that okay the sun comes up in the morning mm. and then at night time the moon comes up like if you didn't arrange things like that then it would just be chaos because if yeah. I was like well when do you want to do this then and then you were just like did, well, you wouldn't be able to say anything, yeah, would you? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, you need yeah, to be—you yeah. need to have like an organizational like system. You need yeah. to be able to like say mm. like when you want to do make stuff. it relatable. Because otherwise, literally everything would just be pandemonium, wouldn't mm. it? Do you know one more thing that I, I've got? One more little sort of fact Go on on, on the Go terms on. of the universes and stuff. Mm. I always find it really weird, and you might have a reason why why we always got taught this in school, right? But you know how we've always been taught like there's three, uh, well, three forms of stuff you've got gases or liquids, liquids and, and solids. solids yeah but did you know there's like a fourth and it's 99.9 percent of the universe is that fourth what's that plasma and plasma is like its own plasma. thing separate to that is it I, I, th- I believe so yeah so you've got like solids liquids gases can you look up the definition plasma. of plasma i will you look at that up will i say an our next fact i've got up there it says it's 99.9 percent of the universe is made oh. out of plasma but i'll figure out what that is all right this is quite an interesting one you know that Mercury has absolutely no atmosphere, um, but it's also the planet closest to the sun, which means that during the daytime, it's the hottest um, planet in our solar system at 800 degrees. That's like, imagine that. Mm. Oh, that was like everybody there would just, anything would just be incinerated. I'm surprised mm. it's not even more than that where it's so close to the sun, though. I think it probably would be if it had an atmosphere, mm. but it's like there's nowhere for it to go, which means that the, the side of the of Mercury, which is facing away from the sun, even though it's that close to the sun, and even though the other side of the planet is 800 degrees, the side that is basically in nighttime mm. is minus 280 degrees. What? And that puts into perspective how important it is to have an atmosphere. 
Mm, you know, obviously people go on about like the ozone layer and our, you, you just know. think like whatever that's made up of must be such a hardy substance to just even like I don't survive actually, that. Yeah, I'm not actually sure exactly what is on because I know that you know you've got like some planets that are like complete gas, you know, gas yeah. giants and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then is Mercury just Mercury? <laughs> it's Freddie Mercury. <laughs> it's made up of Freddie. It's made up of Freddie Mercury. Pure Freddie. Yeah. This is this is a cool one. If you were to jump off the tallest cliff in the solar system, which is U- Verona Rupes on Uranus's moon Miranda, you would fall for twelve minutes before you hit the ground. It's, tw- it's twenty kilometers high. Whoa! So that's the tallest cliff in our entire solar system. Solar system. Wow that that puts uh, that puts Everest to shame. Yeah, Wait, or, how or the Valley of the Rocks. Oh yeah, <laughs> twenty kilometers tall. Right. I was thinking the other day that I'd really, really like to feel what it's like to free fall. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. Well, like just, just you can go do parachuting. That. Yeah, just go. Yeah, yeah just you can that. do indoor ones like pretty close to here as well. Mm, just that that feeling of just like completely like you know. Mm, like, that would be nice. That should be like so crazy. Quite freeing. Yeah. Mm. I think yeah, one so. of the things that people like since the dawn of time have like wanted to do is like fly. Yeah. You hear a lot of tales mm. about that, like whether it's like Icarus. When people, mm. you know, your dreams, like, what do you want to dream of? Like, mine is always that, like, I want to dream of flying. I remember my granddad would always say that he dreams of flying quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just, I, I've, done, I've, I've had a couple <laughs> of dreams of flying, but, like, not very mm, many. Yeah. But I think just that, that'd be so cool. Just like, woo. Yeah, man. Or you see, like, crazy videos mm. of, um, what are they, not paragliders. Um, oh, it, like, wingsuits. Like, yes. Yeah, yes. And they look like squirrels. And some of them are, like, sketchy, man. Yeah. They're, like, going so, like... Close to the edge of the cliffs and stuff. And, like, oh, yeah. like and they're, they're going at, like, serious miles per hour. Fred in the needle between, mm. like, two separate cliffs that, cliffs that are right there. Yeah. I could not do that. Mm. That or like terrifying. Or, like, navigating your way through, like, massive, like, trees and stuff like that. I think if you just hit one of those trees, mm-hmm. you'd probably break, like, the majority of the bones in your body. They, mm. must, they must be going... I don't know how, how like... Oh, you die. I don't know the you average speed that they're going, mm. but it looks so fast. Yeah, Like, yeah, some of them, yeah. like, I swear, look like they're going, like, over 50 miles an hour. Oh, mm. yeah, I reckon. You yeah, think definitely. almost like the G-force alone of going like that, but without some sort of shield in front of you would mm. be almost too much. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Little like, goggles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think they'd just fly off, <laughs> yeah. though, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess they must Strapped be, like... on. It's like yeah. into your head. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I found out what plasma is. What's so, like I said, plasma is one of the four fundamental fundamental states of matter, along right. with like solids, gases, and liquids. Right. Um, some examples of what like plasma is is like um, auroras, lightning, uh, stuff like that, welding arcs. Lightning is plasma, apparently. Yeah. But d- when you think about it, you wouldn't. Yeah. yeah, but I guess electricity must be like a form of plasma. Which kind of yeah. makes sense because you wouldn't say it is a solid, really, a liquid or a gas, would mm. you? Mm. Mm. It's a but plasma. Yeah, That's yeah cool. it's made up of ninety nine point nine percent of the universe is made up out of it. That's well cool, man. This is this is a nice little fact. I like how it like ties into mythology because obviously you know that um, like uh, a lot of like our planets are all named after like Roman and Greek mythology, but they're given the Roman names, the Latin names. Like obviously, like Jupiter was like Zeus and stuff like that. Um, well, all of Jupiter's moons are named after his extramarital lovers and children um, in, in mythology. And NASA's probe that was sent to Jupiter was named Juno. That was Juno was Jupiter's wife in in mythology. Mm. And they sent it out saying with you know in tongue and cheek saying that it was like his wife flying to check up on her husband's mischief. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like quite a cool little one, isn't it? Yeah. Apparently Uranus smells like farts constantly. Because its atmosphere consists largely of um, hydrogen sulfide, mm. which is the same um, gas which we 
which we fart. <laughs> <laughs> which is the same gas that we fart. Yet another connection with yeah. Uranus and Uranus. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. why they called it that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, this is one for all the astrology people. Do you know that Triton, the largest moon of Nep- Neptune, is the only moon in our solar system with a retrograde orbit? Uh-oh. Just constantly in retrograde. An orbit in the opposite direction of its planet and is thus thought to be a dwarf planet that Neptune caught from the, cube, the Kuiper belt. Mm. That's quite a cool little one, isn't it? That is cool. Oh. Rhea is a moon of Saturn and is showing signs of a breathable atmosphere for us Earthlings. Ooh. Or Terrans, as we're also known. Did you know that? Mm. Do you know that as like as a, like an Earth species, we're actually there's a, we're actually defined as Terrans. Mm. Did you know that? That's a yeah. weird little so fact. Would, isn't it? would like Terraforma. every animal would be Terrans. I'm not sure if the animals. Cla- I mean, I'd like to think that they would be. Yeah. But I know that like you. So obviously, we're English. Earth or, or dwellers. We're English on a wider level. Mm. We're British. On a wider, um, wider level, we're Terran. Yeah, mm. uh, but everybody is a Terran. Mm. So regardless of what country you're from, you're you're, you're, you're um, if you're an Earthling, you're a Terran. Yeah. So yeah. So you, we think that we could um, live on Rhea, a moon of Saturn, and apparently um, NASA and other companies are thinking of it as like a good candidate for um, potential Next missions. Stop. They think that it has oxygen and water there. Oh, nice. So like that. Like, like some and water. I wonder if there's like mental creatures there. Mm. Imagine we just went there and it's like mental creatures. Beasts. Or like any kind of wildlife at all. Yeah. Like you know, like kind of. Uh, trees and yeah. things like yeah. that because it's actually very rare apparently isn't it in, yeah. in, that we know of like mm. you know it is like Earth is like a little gem in the in the universe yeah definitely definitely I like the idea that you would go there though and it would be like some like men like some like you could make an awesome like sci-fi movie out of that yeah mm. like, you go there and it's just like some crazy creatures there yeah that'd be cool I would like to think that there probably is some sort of creatures there because I think like one of the main things that you need for life they always say isn't it is like water Mm. as we know it yeah because like that's where life originated from on the planet is like just water mm. and I think you know if there's like water and oxygen as well that's what they think with Mars don't they they, they think that they can see like uh, past examples of where rivers would have flown yeah on Mars. and there's like there is like frozen mm. water there isn't there yeah so they're like they, they think haven't they like isn't it like um, have they like found out for a fact now that there are like little microorganisms like living in I the ice know. so that so there already like technically is other life well like there's bacteria some cool pictures and in that mm. as well isn't there on mars what you can see of like mm. things mm. like it's like what is that it looks a bit like a pyramid and stuff yeah mm. yeah i watched a cool video recently that was like ranking all of the most beautiful planets in the world and like yeah. the photos of them and i was like oh i wonder what number one's gonna be and of course it was earth i was mm. looking at it i was like that's actually really cool that when yeah. you look at all these different planets, Earth actually is the most beautiful planet of all the planets. Oh yeah, it's not surprising, really. That's what isn't I mean because it? it is. It's like this little gem. All this, yeah. all this, this life that is like flowing from of, it. One of the things that's like mad. Rare. Yeah, one of the things that's like mad about the Earth as well is that like a lot of planets is like the same all the way round. You know, mm. whereas obviously on the Earth you could go to like Colorado in America, and you know it's just like all like red rocks. Yeah, and, and you could go. So different. You could go to like mm. the Caribbean. And, you know, there'd be like palm trees, you can turquoise be in, sea, in certain countries and yeah. just travel across the country. And like that's what I thought in Peru. Like I've said before about like one minute I'm in the desert, next minute you're in yeah. the jungle, next mm. minute you're in the canyon and like in mountains. It's crazy. It's like, how have you got so many different landscapes? Like landscapes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah one place. Sure. Mm. This is a bit of a mental one. Um, like astrophysicists have figured out that in 50 million years, due to tidal forces, Mars's largest moon, Phobos will collide with Mars which will likely like break up both of the uh, 
both the moon and Mars as a, as a planet. Whoa. Whoa. When, when's when? that going to happen? 50 million years. Oh, we're, we're, we're fine. Oh, yeah, we're, we're going to be long right. gone. We're yeah, we're going to be long gone. <laughs> yeah. Raindrops on Saturn's largest moon, Titan, the only other known world with seasonal rainfall other than Earth, would be twice as big as raindrops on Earth and would fall as slow as snowflakes. So that's pretty cool. Just thought. like touching because the of air, the way the like, so it'd be like massive water drops, but just falling like really like slowly because mm. the gravity is different. That would so. be quite like yeah. a, a, a visual Surreal. sight to yeah. see, wouldn't they? Yeah. yeah. If you didn't know so much about science, you could say that was a, a dubious claim, couldn't you, Bullwinkle? A yeah? dubious claim. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they think that Venus could have had habitable conditions for life billions of years in the past long enough for life to have completely developed and then been destroyed without us ever knowing it. Oh. But it's just not because nowadays it is so inhabitable, mm. you just wouldn't ever know it. Mm. And it's cool to think that different planets could have been in contact billions of years ago and now they're both just gone. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is a really funny one. The planet Uranus was discovered by a British, a British astrophysicist and as a result it was originally just named George after <laughs> the, the British king at the time King George the Third. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Mars, Jupiter, and that. And then there's George. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to leave that there for our astronomical facts oh, of today. Yeah, we're going to cool. listen to a track now. Um, another damn the bard facts. Getting back into our Celtic bardism, and then when we come back, we're going to find out some facts about the heart, baby. Hope everyone's having a nice evening out there. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Pandora's Box. Pandora's Box. We were just learning all about space, but now it's time to learn about the heart. heart. Oh, all right, baby. Boom, boom, boom. Do you know that the human heart is roughly the size of a large fist? Mm. The average human heart weighs between 250 and 350 grams, which is about the weight of a large steak. Oh, mm. yes. The heart beats 100,000 times a day. Word. That's about three billion beats a lifetime. Billion beats a lifetime, baby. How cool is that? Damn. The average heart, yeah, isn't it? The average heart beats um, between sixty and eighty times a minute. Mm. Mm. It's so weird that you you can't really feel it un- unless you really concentrate, or if you f- <laughs> if you like put your hand, or like, or if you. Get really if you're freaking out. There's some facts yeah. we're going to talk about as well, which puts that more into perspective. And it says like similar to that, what we were talking about with how it's weird that we're moving at a thousand miles an hour, mm. but you seem like you're really calm. Mm. Something like mental beat um, facts about the how heart. many how many times does your heart beat per minute when you're doing like exercise? Let's say for the average person, if you're running, Go up it to would it, it would completely can, can vary. But, um, Mine's about 180. Well, I was going to say mm. everyone's got a different rest, um, resting heart rate and yeah, and then active heart rate. It said it depends obviously on how how hard you're working out at the time, mm. how vigorous it is, your your fitness level, how old you are, mm. your weight, everything. Like so, it really can. In general, obviously, the fitter you are, the lighter you are, the lower your heart rate is probably going to be. Mm. So, if there was like a man and a woman that had the same fitness level, the woman's going to have a lower heart rate than the man. Mm. Or a more efficient one, you could say, because obviously the more the more beats it takes your heart to get oxygenated around. blood around mm. the system, then the less efficient that is, really. Mm. You know, in general, the bigger you are, um, the, the slower the slower your heart rate will be. Mm. But yeah, the more it will probably beat when you mm. then start exercising really hard. Um, yeah, so adults heart beats between sixteen and eighty times a minute, but newborn babies. 
beat faster between 70 to 190 beats a minute. Mm. The heart pumps about 5.0 litres of blood throughout your body at any one time. That's a lot of litres of blood, isn't it? That's a lot of blood. That's a lot of blood. Every day, the heart creates enough energy to drive a truck 20 miles. What? Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? In a lifetime, that's enough to drive a truck to the moon and back. So if you could harness oh. Yeah, so if you could like harness the energy of a heart, that'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Mm. I guess if you think about it, like yeah, I mean, without our heart, we die. Like heart. everything we do is powered by our heart, you know? Mm. I mean obviously by the wider body in general, but I mean the heart is like the core of everything. Our muscles don't work without our heart, you know. Mm. If there's nothing to like pump oxygenated blood into those muscles, mm. then you did. Or to mm-hmm. the brain. Huh? Or to the brain. Yeah, without you pumping blood into the brain, just like a little carrot. Mm. Not even a carrot. Carrot top. Yeah. Yeah. If you grabbed a tennis ball and squeezed it as hard as you can, that is how hard every single beat of your heart pumps blood around your body. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's that how hard you're. If you think about it in a way, it makes sense because think about how big your body is compared to the size of your heart. Mm. And then think about the fact that that has to then, yeah, every beat has to, trans- has to transport all of that oxygenated fresh blood around the body. Mm. Like it can't be weak. That's I mean? blowing my mind with the with the thing that we said I said earlier as well that you can't really feel it. That's that's make that's even more crazy. Yeah, the fact that it's, it's working that like, hard. Yeah, mm. it almost makes you think like it's surprising that people don't have more like things like heart attacks more often mm. because it thinks like how efficient does your heart have to be just to be like without even thinking about it just be going do dong do dong do dong with like enough force that it would be the equivalent to you squeezing a tennis ball as hard as you could. Mm. But I feel like I could squeeze a tennis ball pretty hard. Mm. But the fact that my heart's just doing that like every second mm. is like pretty cool. Pretty cool. During an average lifetime, the heart will pump nearly 1.5 million barrels of blood. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Um, the stethoscope, so you know what a stethoscope is, you mm-hmm. know, put it in your ear and mm-hmm. listen to people's hearts. That was invented by a, a French physician called René Lenec, um, sometime around the turn of the 1800s. Um, purely because, in back in those days... Um, physicians used to listen to their patients' heartbeats by p- placing their ear against their chest. Mm. But he just thought it was inappropriate to do that to women. So he invented the stethoscope purely for that. Mm. Mm. So, gentlemanly fellow. Mm. A gentlemanly Very fellow. Nice man. Yeah. Um, in 1903, f- physiologist Willem Eindhoven invented the electro- electrocardiograph which measures the electric current in the heart, and that's still used to this day. Whoa. Mm. It's mad to think about how, like, electrical our hearts are. Mm. I guess that goes a bit ahead of what they were saying about how it could, like, power a truck for 20 yeah, miles a day. Yeah, mm. But it's like, yeah, I mean... It's a plasma, baby. I think that's, like, one of the reasons. It's all, like, joined to, like, why sometimes, you know, you might feel and, like, see static when you, like, put on a T-shirt or take mm. it off. Do you ever do that? Yeah. Like, what? if a T-shirt's, like, a certain amount of material and it's in the dark, you oh, literally yeah. see, like, little sparks of electric. Yeah. What? Yeah. I've never had that in my life. You've never had that? I... I don't know if like I'm extra electrical. When but you put on a shirt, you see sparks. Yes. Mm. Have you ever had that you shirt? I felt no? I felt a very like, electric charge, but I've if, not you know, seen sparks. If you think of like um like sports <coughs> top, so like think of like a football top or like yeah, a, or yeah, like yeah. or like um or like an Under Armour top, like something yeah. like this would be a good one. That sort of material, I don't know what it is about it, but like builds up the charge. Yeah, Damn, like if you put on like just like a normal cotton t-shirt, it won't work. But mm. there has been times when, yeah, I've been putting on teeth and duck and I'll see like little crackles. Damn. Not like I was like, massive, but yeah, just like almost like, yeah, you know, yeah, can you imagine, yeah. imagine almost like, you know, when you like the light, like you like go like that with a lighter mm. and it's just the sparks. Mm. Not obviously on that mm. scale, but imagine just like one of the little sparks. Mm. And like, 
yeah. Man, you might have like a superpower or something. Electro yeah. man. Yeah, man. Yeah. You gotta you gotta work into that. It yeah, is man. crazy when you get supercharged up as well. Mm. And like you, you look all your hairs on your arms, if you if you go your ha- if your hairs go close to the charge, they they just like just like straighten mm. out, like mm. go completely straight out up on your arms. Is arm. that why balloons can like stick to the ceiling if you rub them on you? Yeah. Mm. So like yeah. That's yeah. electricity and everything like that. Yeah. Um, like like with most things we talked about how like animals in in the past we talked about how like animals often have like Latin names and if not they have like a Greek name. Most it's, it's mad how many things that we just call in our modern day have like some sort of Latin connection or like or actually are just descriptive words but descriptive words in Latin. Mm. So um, atrium is Latin for entrance hall. So we all have so if you like a doctor would say like oh his his atrium might be damaged and that's why he's having heart problems. So that's the entrance hall of your heart. <laughs> Atrium just means entrance hall. And ventricle is Latin for little belly. The little mm. belly. So yeah, again, you know, the you, little belly a doctor the might heart. be like, oh, your left ventricle isn't working properly. Mm. And that's why you're having these heart palpitations, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, means little belly. The little <laughs> belly of your heart. Mm. So that comes from, like, yeah, Latin. That's quite cool, isn't it? Um, obviously, we think of, like, catheters, and we think about how they're usually used, aren't they? They're usually inserted into somebody's... Um, Bladder, phallus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bladder. That's mm-hmm. a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, if they've got some sort of like issue with that or something. But did, did you know there was a German surgeon called Werner Forsman who was the first person to put a catheter into his heart? He was proposing it for ages, for a while, because he thought, you know, if you put a catheter into your heart, surely there's like certain things that you could do to manipulate the heart that would make potentially make like a patient better. But basically, people were just too scared to do it mm. because the heart is like people have known since the dawn Don't of time mess that with how. The heart. In, important the heart is they were like Mm -hmm. you know like I don't know if I want to be messing around with that because if you don't you could just kill somebody or Mm. kill yourself (laughs) so he spent years trying to convince you know his community the medical community to you know we should really start trying to use put like catheters into people's hearts and he kept getting turned down so in the end he decided while he was fully conscious to put a catheter into himself um, he opened himself up and threaded a catheter into his arm vein and then pushed it 20 inches slowly into his heart and then invented cardiac catheterization, which nowadays is a common procedure. It's a really good way of putting like medicine Ooh. straight into people's bloodstream. Yeah. You know, because otherwise it's obviously, especially if you're like a really ill person anyway and got like a damaged heart, just if you injected somebody normally, if you took something orally, mm. by the time it's digested in that, it's very hard for like your heart to then have to get that around the system. Think if you're like really ill. If you put it into a catheter into the heart, you're basically just doing your body like a massive favour. Mm. I guess it's like the difference between like dropping somebody off outside their house and like making them walk 20 miles. <laughs> mm. yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, well, if you just drop them off the house, they're there. Mm. You know? Mm. That's my little, wow. um, mm. my little um, analogy. analogy I didn't like that for some reason, even though that sounded like a real like important yeah. uh, part in medical. Like, medical history. Yeah, exactly. But for some reason, that, that gave me the... Well, I think he was conscious. He had to be conscious of it, obviously. Yeah. I mean, he had to put it in his arm vein and then thread it through. Ooh. And then think about the amount of skill and precision you'd have to have Man. to get that oh, into your yeah, heart. that's going in my heart. Oh, oh yeah, there we go. That's yeah, right yeah. in. That's yeah. in my left ventricle. Oh. That's in my little belly. <laughs> that's in my little belly. Yeah, that's a cool one, isn't it? That's a cool one. Let's get some more heart facts for you. Did you know that the most common time to have a heart attack for some reason is a Monday between 8 and 9 a.m.? <laughs> Apparently, like, yeah, using, like, studies <laughs> from all over the, the world, people by far seem to have heart attacks most between 8 and 9 a.m. on a Monday. That sounds about right. Imagine that, you have, like, a really good weekend, you get <sighs> to work, 
something mm. really stressful happens, just like screw this. <laughs> yeah, <Wow. laughs> heart attack. Can't yeah. deal with another week. Yeah, can't have an yeah. early morning. <laughs> oh man, this is crazy. This is crazy. Your muscle, your muscle, the muscle in your hearts are so strong that if it was harnessed in terms of the way that we think of like muscles lifting weights, they would be able to lift almost three thousand pounds. Your heart would be able to lift almost Whoa. three thousand pounds. That's how strong it is. That's crazy. That's crazy, isn't it? A single heartbeat could shoot blood over thirty feet. That's Damn. how power. That's how powerfully it's like pumping blood around your body. Yeah, it's mad, man. Yeah. Apparently, guys with long ring fingers—I don't know if mine's long or not—are um, less likely to have heart attacks. Mm. The British Journal of Cardiology found that men with ring fingers the same length or only slightly longer than their index finger have a higher risk of heart attacks in their 30s and 40s than men with ring fingers much longer than their index fingers. And apparently the reason for this is is testosterone. Apparently testosterone is one of the things that lengthens a man's ring finger. Apparently Mm. women have shorter ring fingers than men. Um, And it also testosterone is important for protecting your heart against disease. Are you guys, guys fine? Go, go like that. Yeah, so so bigger than your index finger. Mine's so your smaller. ring finger should be not one. smaller. Mine's the same. This is your ring finger. Yeah, and it's supposed to be bigger than your index. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I'm, I'm doing all right. Yeah, I'm doing good too. Yeah. Bullwinkle's gonna have a heart attack. Sorry, dude. Rest in peace, man. Rest in peace, Bullwinkle. So it's, it's all right, mate. You're only eight, you're only eighteen. Die. We're probably gonna die for you anyway. We're way older than you. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. The average woman's heart beats 78 times per minute, whereas the average man's heart beats 70 times per minute. So that sort of goes into what I was saying is that like, in obviously in general, not always, but in general, men are larger than women. And in general, the larger something is, the larger the creature, the slower their heartbeat will be. Mm. That's why like, I think um, like elephants and like whales and things like that, they have like really slow heartbeats Whoa. but insanely powerful heartbeats mm. so like, if you like put like a listening device under the water near a whale yeah you'd hit yeah <laughs> there's our um, audio and visual representation yeah. of a whale's heart the audio lessons nicely done nicely done by Drew Bag there mm-hmm. nicely done yeah and it literally says here the bigger the heart the slower the heart rate a blue whale's heart is the size of a car but only beats six times a minute, so only yeah. once every six, uh, once every ten seconds. That's crazy, isn't it? What kind of car? It just says of a small, not an Igo. A small, a small car. Oh, maybe an Igo. Maybe an Igo. I reckon bigger more. than an Igo. Yeah. I reckon like a Corsa. Uh, yeah, yeah. I reckon a Corsa. I, yeah, I, I'm thinking like an average hatchback because yours isn't like an average hatchback. No, mine's mine's the blueberry Fago. Mine's the one and only. Yours is, but yours is like the step up from like those. You know, like toddlers have those little like orange and yellow cars. <laughs> <laughs> they go around with. Stick an engine in one of those. You got, you yeah, got yours angle. is like the one up from that. We've spoken about it before, haven't we? <laughs> it reminds us of that thing from Simpsons where there's this like really tall guy who's just got oh, this yeah. comedically like tiny car. <laughs> That's what my car's like. Yeah, you are pretty much like that. It is. I, I loved it that time I, um, you gave me a ride. Yeah, there. man. Four door. Yeah. Go kart. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite fun, yeah. Mammals are warm blooded, hairy vertebrates that nurse their young. <laughs> know what else scientists say they have all have in common a lifetime of about one billion and a half heartbeats mm. so not obviously not all creatures have the same longevity for instance an elephant lives longer than a cat but that is because larger animals hearts beat slower i guess that's one of the reasons why fitter people as well will live longer than people that are unfit because in general if your heart 
doesn't have to beat so much to get oxygenated blood around the body then it's gonna yeah I guess it's a bit like abusing a car engine Mm. do you know what I mean if you're like constantly got having to put your foot down Mm. for a car to get up like a hill Mm. then it's probably gonna knacker out the engine pretty quickly and don't you know don't be surprised if the car needs to be just written off Mm. past 100,000 miles if you like if you've got like a good car and you look after it 300 k easy baby Mm -hmm. Mm. you know easy Easy Do money. a good service with some vegetables and some yeah nice clean protein. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Yeah, eat your blueberries. <laughs> this is like um, this is quite a cool one. That's quite cool. It makes me almost excited to think of like the the original subjects. Though oh, most man. heart transplants are performed in the United States, but the first one occurred in South Africa on December the third, nineteen sixty seven. The first heart transplant in the U.S. occurred three days later in Brooklyn, New York but it wasn't your typical heart transplant. It was performed on an infant child who died nearly seven hours later. Mm. Obviously, it's hard to perfect something. It's such a massive transplant. Um, It took a long time to perfect. And obviously, it's still like a really dodgy operation to Mm -hmm. this day. The next paediatric transplant didn't happen until 1984 in London. It was ultimately unsuccessful. The same year, the US tried another paediatric transplant on an infant called Baby Faye. Because there weren't any appropriate donor hearts, the surgeon tried the next best thing, a baboon heart. Mm-hmm. Baby Faye lived for three weeks Aww. before sadly dying. Good three weeks. But it gets better. In 1985, baby Moses was the first infant to undergo a successful heart transplant. And since, many more babies have survived. The bigger problem now for all patients needing transplants isn't how hard the procedure is, it's just getting hearts. Mm. Is there quite a lot of heart transplants now then? I think there's, I mean, yeah, I mean, fairly, I mean, defying it sounds, regular. It sounds I mean. a lot in, like, uh, infants from what you were saying then, but yeah. then that, I can imagine that would be, like, super hard because I suppose it's not yeah. many infants that would need, you yeah, know, I, I, mean, you I, I put thought like it would a, be, like, people, could, like, yeah. like, adults that would need heart transplants Yes, more. like, um, what are they called? Premature. Yeah, like premature children, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to put, like, an adult heart a baby cause no that's know. what I mean so I can see why it'd be, they'd be so tiny. scarce yeah oh, what's that noise oh. ah Ooh. ah the music is back ah the sounds of the Scottish Highlands mm. ah, lovely can you feel yourself there Heather <coughs> with your wind oh, blowing the fried Mars bars and your fried Mars bars in the Highlands of Scotland mm. oh haggis roasting on an open mm. fire oh you like a bit of haggis hey Hey, it's underrated. Aye. Meat and tatties. Yeah, meat and tatties. Oh, lovely. Well, now you're going to learn about the Goebbels vampire of Glasgow. Oh. Back in 1950s, the Goebbels area of Glasgow was being terrorised by an unseen force. Oh, dear. Stories had been circulating in the Goebbels about missing children. Believed to have been killed. Believe it or not. The culprit was said to have been a seven-foot vampire <gasps> with teeth made of iron lurking in the necropolis under the city. Mm. That's pretty sketchy, isn't it? Mm. The adults wouldn't believe the kids, so the kids decided to deal with this monster once and for all themselves. In 1954, hundreds of young kids from the Gorbals area of Glasgow swarmed into the creepy necropolis graveyard. The police were called but couldn't move the children, so it took a local head teacher to finally disperse the crowd 
Mm. He was known for his extra stern nature. I like the <laughs> idea that they just the police couldn't move them, so they were like, right, we need this really strict teacher to go yeah. in there. And he was like, Chancellor, mm. get to the necropolis! And they were like, sorry, sir! <laughs> and then just ran away. <laughs> Local historians believe that the mass panic stemmed from the legend of Jenny Wee. <laughs> Jenny Wee. <laughs> Jenny Wee the Iron Teeth. A murderous ghost said to haunt Glasgow Green. There was also an American comic book at that time entitled The Vampire with the Iron Teeth. After the story appeared in the local press, it gained worldwide coverage. An unlikely alliance of Christians, communists, and the National Union of Teachers blamed imported American horror comic books mm. for the mass hysteria. The campaign ultimately reached Parliament resulting in the 1955 Children and Young Persons Act, which still stands today. Gosh darn Americans. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, a stage play and a graphic novel have told the story of the Gorbals vampire, and a large mural of the beast guards a local railway <laughs> arch today. So what does it sort of look like then? Just A seven-foot-tall vampire with iron teeth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the thing that like makes me like interested in... There, I mean, so... If children were like going missing mm. originally, but then later it was all just put down to hysteria, what actually happened to the children that went missing? Yeah, that's actually a Do you know what I mean? Point. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, that almost like gives it like a little creepy edge at the end because then it's mm. like, oh, it's been explained, it was just a syrup, but then you're like, but what happened to the kids? Mm. And then suddenly you just Unless suddenly it was a crazy killer guy or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Seven foot tall, weird, pale guy. Mm. Oh, I don't know the fact that he's pale. That makes it weirder for some reason, doesn't it? Well, mm. if he lived in a necropolis yeah. and he only came out at night. You'd be pretty damn pale, wouldn't you? So all the kids went in, but then they just got dispersed by the head teacher before they could actually catch this uh, this yeah, vampire yeah. creature. Yeah, oh, that's a shame. It would have right. been a bit like an mm. it story if they came back after beating mm. it, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have been very much like mm. it. Yeah, very Coming much of age so. Story. Mm. So a little uh, nice little uh, tale there for you all. Anyway, so what do you believe? Do you believe that there was a seven foot tall vampire? No. No. <laughs> probably not that likely, is it, really? Yeah, I reckon it's probably a serial killer, but mm. then, like... A weirdo snatching yeah, children. Yeah, if there was this magazine that, mm. that the kids were seeing, they were probably putting two and two, 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 two yeah. Especially yeah. if he was, like, a really tall guy and he looked Imagination yeah. going as well. Yeah, you know what kids are like. He's mm. a vampire, mate. <laughs> you know? <laughs> We've got to beat him. That's Come to the like. cave. <laughs> yeah. This has got a nice little um, Scottish folk tale for you, mm. This is the story of Robert the Bruce and the spider. Robert the Bruce is well known in Scotland and across the world due to the part he played in the Scottish Wars of Independence and films such as The Outlaw King and Braveheart. Mm. You know about Robert the Bruce? Yeah. So, like, even though um, William Wallace obviously was like made really famous in like the movie Braveheart with Mel yeah. Gibson, that Robert the Bruce in reality was like. More the leader, of, yeah, more of a don really mm. than ah right, but um right, just didn't get the credit in the end. Yeah, I think it's just like it's one of those funny things, isn't it? About like modern day, it's like if basically mm. you make a movie out of something, people yeah. are going to pay more attention to the movie. So than was the was history. William Warhart uh, Wallace? Yeah, <laughs> William Warhart. <laughs> like cool you like evolved. That's a cool. I was name. William Wallace, and he managed to kill me, but now I'm William Warhart. Oh, I wish it was William Warhart. Now. That could be one that's of such your a that's one of your new aliases. William Warhart. <laughs> Warhart. That's amazing. Yeah, that's your Scottish. So, was he an actual him. person, William yeah. Wallace? Yeah. Oh. He was, yeah. 
He was he a real wasn't person. The Robert the Bruce is, no. is a pretty famous uh, Scottish character oh, as well. Yeah, isn't Robert he? the Bruce. Mm. So he's still he's still up there. Do you reckon they picked William Wallace because he's got like a cool name for the for William the Wallace? Part? William Wallace. I don't know. With the alliteration of it and everything. I don't know, but everybody always like jokes that um, well, like sort of like jokes around and says that like Mel Gibson must like hate British people because. There's so many Mel Gibson movies that he's written and directed that like portray the English as like awful. <laughs> but then because obviously Getting a lot of back. people pay more attention to movies than actual history nowadays, a lot of people yeah. almost take it as fact. So there's all- mm. so he did um, Braveheart, and in that like that just made the English like awful. Mm. Like in the movie, like the British are like going around the Scottish villages and like killing everyone in that. Whereas they saying like, in oh, reality God. that didn't really happen. Mm. Yeah. Like, it's a bit like that in Outlander as well, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. And also they, he also made this movie. I think it's called. Patriot Games. Ah. Is it called that? Oh, the, no. Oh, the, or is Patriot, it just called The, the Patriot? Patriot? No, yeah. you're right. It's called mm. The Patriot. And in that, you like it's like around the time of the American Revolutionary Wars, and it almost mm. like makes out the same thing. Mm. That like the British were going around just like burning everybody to death and that. Whereas in mm. reality, yeah, again, it wasn't really like. Just that. Listen to the Eskimo story on one of the uh, one yeah. of the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the previous podcasts. Especially with like the American side of things, you have got to bear in mind there is a lot of um, people that we would now consider Americans that were actually what were called loyalists mm. so a lot of American people didn't want to leave Britain mm. but they just sort of had to because of the fact that that's ended up what ended up happening but yeah. a lot of American people were like angry at their fellow Americans for like making that happen mm. and it took like decades and decades for people actually to be okay about it mm. imagine actually being that like in terms of say if you were like George Washington mm. and you were the first person that wrote the Declaration of Independence as far as like you were concerned as like a guy that just say worked as like a blacksmith in like Boston some, uh, from your point of view, some guys just mm. wrote a, on a piece of paper that we've declared independence yeah. and now he's just running around with it. You'd be like, what? Yeah, mm. like Thomas do you know what Jefferson mean? and all that. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? You'd be like, what, why, what gives him really the right to do that? Yeah. You know? And now look at July 4th. Yeah. Now look at it. Yeah. Independence Day to the Mets. Yeah. But no, we're not talking about USA, we're talking about Scotland. Mm. Yeah, Let's true. Let's have a moment to relax back in the ambience of this music. Ah... Mm. <laughs> uh, Scotland. Oh, very nice. The silky's calling to you, Bullwinkle. <laughs> or should I call you William Warhart? Ah, oh, William Winkle. <laughs> <laughs> William Winkle. <laughs> William Winkle, I sentenced you to death. <laughs> so anyway, all the way back to Robert the Bruce. He was born in 1274 at Loch Maben Castle, where he was a knight and overlord of Annadale. In 1306, he was crowned King of Scotland and subsequently tried to free Scotland from the grasp of the English. After being defeated in battle in 1306 by the Earl of Pembroke, Robert the Bruce went into hiding, supposedly in the Western Isles. He resided in a cave for three months at the lowest point of his life and struggled to come up with a plan about what to do next, contemplating leaving his country, never again to return. (gasps) I know. However, while Robert the Bruce was waiting in his cave, Legend has it that he watched a spider build a web in the entrance to his cave. The typically stormy Scottish weather, never one to disappoint, made the spider's task difficult as droplet after droplet destroyed the creature's intricate work. But finally, against all odds, the spider succeeded and built his web. Robert the Bruce was so inspired by the spider's efforts, Mm. he decided to get up off his arse and face another fight. He is said <laughs> He is said to have told his men if at first you don't succeed, pick yourself up and try again. <laughs> you can pick yourself up and try again. 
no, he didn't say that. He did it. He said, if at first you don't succeed, try, try, and try again. Mm. And if you fail, try again. Mm. <laughs> that's cool. Nice I didn't know simple. that's where that came from. Yeah, that's what the song's written about. It's Robert the Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> if at first you don't succeed, pick yourself up and try again. <laughs> Off your arse and try again. Try <laughs> again. Just have a wee dram and drink some whiskey and have a little tatty and drink drink some haggis. Eat some haggis. But yeah, that's and a nice. And try again. And pick yourself up and mm. try again. You can pick yourself up and try again. Try again. So yeah, it's a nice little story about Robert the Bruce mm. there. You can imagine that. You almost like you know you're feeling sorry for yourself. You're like, oh, I failed. And then meanwhile, there's this little spider. They don't ever get any glory. No, mm. spiders are cool, man. I was there. saying this to you the other day, no? wasn't mm. I? I was I was at my nan's the other day having a meal, and um, I just sort of zoned out. It must have been for like ten minutes. Zoned out and just watched this spider, mm. and it was sort of like just making this like web, just going up and down. As it, it and does. I was just As watching it, it going, man. I've never actually looked at a spider and thought that's cool, but I was watching it going, actually, that's actually really awesome for some mm. reason. Mm. I was captivated, mate, by the little spider. They are amazing beasts, aren't they? And I think the fact that they're so small, yet they still yeah. generate almost like so much fear in creatures as large as us, mm. is, in a way, is quite impressive, mm. isn't it? Mm. Because so many people are scared of spiders. Yeah, man. Yeah. Are you scared of spiders, Charlotte? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, see? There we go. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, the amount of people that literally, if they like see a spider, they're like, ah! I don't like big ones. Big mm-hmm. ones freak me out. But they say it's the small ones you want to worry about. True. Because big spiders never have a bad bite. Ooh. You know, like you know, it might hurt a bit. Yeah. But it's the small ones that yeah. are always the ones that would like have the poison and stuff. Someone might like crawl down my throat mm. or something. Oh, oh god. Y- yeah, you eat quite a few spiders in your lifetime. Is just that actually you? real? I'm know. not sure, I but th- there's th- there, it's like an old. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. One thing that freaks me most about spiders is like you know when they like spider nests, like when they with uh, the babies oh, there, like the circles, oh, and you just, they're breaking. There's just millions oh, of them just little, all yellow like, flying out. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah, it's pretty horrible. And you know that they'll be. You're never getting rid of them then. Mm. There are and like hundreds of them. And I think everyone has a tale of like at some point when you're like chilling out on your bed or something, like mm. watching telly in your room, and then s- like and then you have your window open because it's hot, and then mm. suddenly you'll like see something crawling your way, and you realise there's like a, a spider like crawling up your bed or oh, like, on, your like on your pillow or something. Oh, oh, no, I had that real me. Bad. Yeah, well on your pillow. Yeah, and, yeah. and it was well. like one of those massive ones. I think I think they're called. Um, oh, what's the name of them? I can't remember off my head now. But um, they're like they're the, the massive ones in Britain that like mm. sketch everybody out yeah. every autumn, and they mm. they come out. The reason why they suddenly come out around autumn time is because they're looking for mates. Mm. So they literally have to physically, oh, obviously, you have was, to find a mate. He was in bed with you. Mm. He was looking for looking me. For wanted a mate. mate with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Imagine I turned into some. I had a child that was some weird spider monster. <laughs> it's a spider child. Yeah, yeah. But um, spider man. Like I said that like really <laughs> spider man, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> dubious claim, a dubious, dubious claim, a dubious claim, a dubious claim. But what were we saying about him? Yeah, your pillow. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was just watching telly. Um, I was in secondary school, so like probably like in like year ten and year eleven. Actually, it might have been a bit younger. Mm. And then I just remember like, yeah, I like just thought I saw something caught in my eye, and you know, you almost like go to look, but you like almost like think it's going to be nothing. Mm. And I looked, and there was just like one of those massive spiders. <laughs> it was like there, and I was like. Mm. <laughs> I remember I was watching um, someone on Hector the projector. Oh yeah, and the and like the sofa is just like you know kind of sitting sitting against the sofa, mm. and like I felt something like I had a just a, I had a t-shirt on, and I felt something on my arm, and I just I just kind of went like that, like didn't didn't even like mm. really notice it, and then like a couple minutes later we felt it again. 
I just felt it crawling across my neck. <laughs> and, I, and then literally, when it got here and it got onto my shoulder, I realised it was one of those massive swipes. And I literally, like, jumped out of the chair <laughs> and, like, flew behind me, like, flew off the back of the sofa. Oh, and was like, yeah, and it's oh, God, it was horrible. You felt like it's, you were, like, jumping a it's fire. It's crazy how, like, how, how you can go from completely just chilling to, like, on the back of the sofa. You go from like, chilling to on your arse oh. in record pain. <laughs> jumped. Yeah, man. <laughs> that is sketchy, That's hilarious. Dude. I thought that story was going down the story of not not Drew's one, the one about uh, yeah. Robert the Brave, Robert the Bruce, Robert the Bruce, <laughs> Robert, Robert the, the Brave, and William Warhart. This is fictional movie about this one. Ah, uh, Robert, Robert the Brave, and cooler names William Warhart. <laughs> you made them sound very yeah, like battle ready. Yeah, battle, for sure. Yeah, I thought that was going down the story of like the Prophet Muhammad for a second then. <laughs> Isn't that, that, isn't that the story of the Prophet Muhammad? That he, the, he like goes went? in a cave. And I then know, nod. I, I am know. right. I know I'm right. right? Yeah, and he's, he goes in a <laughs> right? cave. He goes in a cave and then like the spider like forms this big wave because he's being hunted. Oh, and then really? the spider like forms this huge web uh, over the cave so that they go, oh, there's a web here. They could, no one could have been in this cave. But it's only because the spider helped him out mm. and, that, and that saved him. Oh, oh right! Yeah. Didn't know that story. That's cool. I didn't know that either. Yeah. I did not know that story, young boy. Sorry, I got so loud. That, was, that excited me then when I realised I was uh, crying. Sorry, man. If you're <laughs> excited, that's good. It's good to be excited, you know. It's mm. good to be excited. Did you know that um, some species of birds allow themselves to get bitten by poisonous spiders and snakes because it kills all of the parasites on their body? Nice. So, yeah. so even though they're like really messed up for a while, mm. they know that when they're better, they won't have any parasites. Parasites mm. are nasty, man. Yeah, I, I, to be fair, I think in the long run, even though it'd be savage to get like bitten horribly by like a poisonous snake or mm. a spider, I think I'd rather that than have loads of parasites. When yeah, you're for sure. That's the idea of having loads of like parasites on your body. Yeah, Rupert got parasites. He had real bad <laughs> diarrhea for ages, oh. and we were like, "What was it?" And we found oh. out there was like parasites in his poop that were that were from. Um, uh, drinking water like in a river like they live in the rivers and stuff and you know that's you one of the reasons why you obviously have to mm. like you know either boil your water if you get it mm. from like a little stream yeah, or like sure. filter it loads because mm. you might look clean to you but there's some weird little creatures living it and you get yeah, really sick tiny tiny mm. creatures you get like really bad tummy in that mm. man you guys start, need to start giving Rupert some more <laughs> medicines yeah <laughs> stop the, st yeah I mean there's only so much Holland and Barrett will do for you. Mm. <laughs> you know? Poor little bugger. <laughs> Where was it? I was uh, That's a really good fact I was going to tell you guys. The fact. Oh, yeah. Spitfire planes were, were sometimes crowdfunded during World War II to help with costs because obviously mm. the economy was really bad. Um, so large-scale contributors were allowed to give the plane a nickname which was then printed on the side. For example... There was a Spitfire that was made during the Second World War called Dorothy, um, purely because a load of women called Dorothy banded together and funded oh, it. Oh, that's cool. Mm. That's quite good, isn't it? Did it did it survive? I'm not war? sure. I'm not sure. I'd like mm. to think it did. Yeah. I hope it did. I hope it did. Should we have some more horrible execution facts? Just because they're really good. I do love some execution facts. Yeah, I'm prone to a couple of execution facts. Mm. They're always just quite fun, aren't they? Hmm. Italian serial killer Leonardo Cienciuela ah. chopped up her victims with an axe and turned them into soap and tea cakes, which she would then what? give away as Aww. presents to people. I like how we're still just listening to this luscious Scottish yeah. music, <laughs> but talking about this. <laughs> Consort Qi was a Chinese concubine that bore the emperor a son 
whom he favoured over his empress's son. The empress responded by torturing Qi. She chopped off her limbs, gouged her eyes out, Ooh. cut off all of her facial figures, and then locked her in a pigsty until she eventually slowly died and would taunt her while she was in there, calling her the human swine until oh, the moment of her death. I like that. Man, that's a bad way to go. It's not nice. I mean, I understand feeling vengeful, but I mean, that's a bit much, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. I think by the time I chopped off the first ear, I'd be like, that's enough. Yeah. I wouldn't have just kept on chopping stuff off, mm. you know, and then been like, the human swine. <laughs> well, they were just like locked in a little pigsty. Literally like blind and that. Oh, no, man. No. That's horrible, man. That is brutal, isn't it? Do you know much about Uday Hussein? The son, I do not. The son of Saddam Hussein? Ah, no. The son of Saddam Hussein was apparently absolutely mental. Really? Yeah, he was absolutely mental. He was named chairman of the Iraqi Olympic Committee in 1984. Athletes were disappointed who disappointed him were subject to torture and imprisonment oh, in Iraq. No. His own dad, Saddam Hussein, um, jailed him for six months after he murdered Saddam's favourite chef whilst in a psychotic rage. Egyptian dictator Hosni Murbarak, who witnessed some of Uday's antics, described him as a complete psychopath. He was also known to bring kidnapped girls home, where he would then rape them and have them torn to shreds in front of him by feral, violent dogs that he would keep for him and his friends' entertainment. Oh my, oh my god. god. Man, what is, what's up with some people? Oh some god. people That's are ridiculous. just mental, aren't they? Some people are mental. Mm. Enemy of the pod. You are, you are an enemy. saying you are an enemy of the pod. Mm. Yeah, we've never had an enemy of the pod before. No. something we should bring in. First that enemy shows of how pod. bad you are. Yeah, we have first friends. Enemy. Yeah, that are the first enemy of the yeah. pod. Our Udi. friends will combine yeah. against you. We've got some pretty good friends of the pod as well, man. Mm. If you brought together all of our friends of the pod, Hmm. That'd be an epic. I'm thinking of epic it like, team. like the committee. Avengers, man. Yeah. I'm like the Avengers. Yeah. That almost reminds me of that story. Not not the end part of it, but the start mm. part of it reminds me of that story of the Colombian footballer. You ever hear about this? Mm. There was like a Colombian footballer who obviously, uh, I think it was Colombia. Obviously, they're quite good at football. Mm. Uh, went to the World Cup and they were supposed to, I think they were actually like favourites to win. Oh, really? In this World Cup. Nice. And um, this footballer, he was the captain of the team, uh, defender. And he scored an own goal in the game that, like, accidentally, of course, not his fault mm. by any means, but scored an own goal, made a mistake, and uh, when he got back, he was killed mm. for his for his just for scoring an old yeah. own goal. Yeah, because obviously all the like, um, Colombia is the one with like all the it's drug dealers corrupt. and stuff, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and they all had like money for on Colombia to win the World Cup, yeah. so they all lost the money and then just like killed him for for messing with the money. Crazy, brutal man. Yeah, took it a bit personal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. This is a bit of a horrible one. The Mongols, we've talked about the Mongols quite a lot on yeah. Pandora's box in Pandora's the box. The Mongols were highly superstitious and believed that spilling royal blood would lead to great disaster. They as a result they had to find ridiculously creative ways of executing any royals that they captured. This would include sewing up all of their orifices until they eventually died. <laughs> That's brutal, isn't it? Drowning them in molten metal. Or having horses trample on them until they eventually died. Man, what's with all the like weird ways of killing people? Mate, I think like history was so brutal. Yeah. I don't I don't think we like almost like realise how good we've got it nowadays. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh. Like we read up some of these things just the fact that like this could just like happen to you back in the day. Mm. Oh. Oh no, I don't like that face. <laughs> I remember um 
my granddad bought me a book, um, and it was like on history's worst torture methods. He bought me it for me for Christmas. <laughs> what a lovely book to buy. Yeah. <laughs> That's such like a John Donald thing to do. This was on um, your birth, your yeah. actual birthday as well. Yeah. No. It was, um. Yeah. No. It was, yeah. Imagine that as a newborn baby. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, hey, go on, lad. <laughs> but yeah, this. I remember when I would always used to read it. This this um torture method was in the book, and I always used to think this one was extra savage. Have you guys heard about the brazen bull? Yes, the brazen bull was savage, man. Yeah. So yeah, so the brazen bull was invented by Perilelios, um, the tyrant of Akragas in what is modern-day Sicily. So mm. like Italy. It was a means of execution, executing criminals by cooking them alive in a bronze bull. So they had like a a big, like a life-sized bull statue made out of bronze, but it was mm -hmm. hollow, and it had like a uh, like a like a spit, like a like oh, an opening okay. on the side, like a little door. So they'd open it up. They put the criminals inside, and then they they'd lock it, and then they would light a fire under the brazen ball. So you'd essentially get like mm. cooked alive, like. And obviously it's like metal as well, so it would have been like. But it would take ages to die, yeah. because obviously it would take a while for it to get so hot that it was like savage. And also, let's face it, you die. You only die quickly, really, if one of your major internal organs are like taken out very quickly. Mm. Yeah. That's why, like, obviously, like a gunshot to the heart or or mm. the brain or the lungs would like kill you very. Best quickly. way to die, in my opinion. Or like a gunshot to like the head, mm. yeah, or to like the heart, heart or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But think if you were like putting like the bronze bull, like you would take so long to die. Mm. Mm. And what's even savager is the fact they used it for like so many people, didn't they? Yeah, like it was a it was a really common one. Whereas yeah. I assume savage for like some dude. of the ones we talked about, it's wafting through in the air. It's like, sometimes. Oh, they're cooking someone again. Yeah, <laughs> Man. yeah, brutal, brutal. Brutal, brutal. Turkish Sultan Mehmed once disemboweled his gardener, what, his gardeners one by one, to find out who stole and ate his favourite cucumber. Oh, oh my how god! How can you a favourite cucumber? I don't know. I guess he like planted it and like, or like got somebody to plant it and like nurture it, and it was looking really mm. good. And then one day went out and he was like, "Where's my cucumber?" <laughs> so he disemboweled every single one of his gardeners oh to find my god until they said who it was. Yeah, that's mad, isn't it? That is crazy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Disembowed for a cucumber. Oh, man. In 1323, founders of the Aztec Empire asked the king of Culhuacan for his daughter, to which the king of Culhuacan agreed. The Mexica then sacrificed her and flayed her skin and invited the king of Culhuacan to a feast during which a Mexican priest came out wearing her flayed skin dancing. They, Man, they, need to, weirdos. they need to get more hobbies back in the day, yeah. didn't they, you know? Get some more normal hobbies, you know? Mm. Take up knitting mm. or something, you know? You don't have to be flaying play people. Play some games, play some yeah. cards, don't do that. Yeah. Governor John Ratcliffe, whose name was used for the villain in Disney's Pocahontas movie, was oh, yeah. flayed and burned alive by Native Americans after they lured him to their village by promising to trade with him. Mm. If he was as bad as the Pocahontas movie, then he deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think me, Probably and wasn't. me and Jake Just touched on this a little bit when Jake came on. All right. But Vlad the Impaler once repelled an attempted invasion by the Ottoman army by making an entire forest of wooden stakes piled high with nothing but Ottoman corpses. According to Carl Condalis, a contemporary Greek historian, there were over 20,000 dead Ottomans in what, was, in what Vlad named affectionately the Forest of the Dead. Um, and they literally, they didn't even 
putting stakes in the ground, they just sharpened trees and then impaled all of the Ottomans from their ass out until out of their mouth. Oh my god. So the Ottomans were like going to modern day Hungary. That must have been the most terrifying thing in history to like walk through. And then the Ottoman army just came across that, the forest of yeah. the dead. And mm. it was just for as far as the eye could see. Did just they the literally just turn back after that? They just went home. Yeah. They were, they like, were like, yeah, we are not messing with this. It was like an ongoing massive um, battle, yeah, mm. between like Vlad and the Ottomans, like all throughout his life. And he just f just found like brutal ways to repel them. Mm. Yeah, because the Ottoman Empire was like super powerful around that time. Mm. But he was like just so feared Vlad that like mm. even like the Ottomans were like, man, he is too crazy. So that why he was called the Impaler. Yeah, because he used to impale this. Yeah. yeah, that's literally why he had the name. Mm. Because he used to just do stuff like that. I remember I heard like a, some crazy stuff about Vlad before about how um, he like once just like invited. Um, he once like went to like a like a land where he like had a castle, um, but that he heard that their people were like wanted like to have an uprising there and like switched to the Ottoman side. So he went to his castle, and then he invited everybody from that like the village there into his castle for like what they thought was just like a massive banquet. And then once they were inside, he just boarded up all the windows and everything left and then just set the whole castle alight and just killed them all inside. <laughs> Jesus. That was brutal, wasn't it? Yeah. He was, definitely, he was definitely not the sort of person you would have wanted to have messed with. No. No, no, no. No. Yeah. King Ferdinand I, Holy Roman Emperor, ordered the execution of a man called Anabaptists who referred to... By drowning, that was referred to as the third baptism. So he just made this thing called the third baptism, where basically you would just <laughs> just drown anybody you didn't want. But mm. like, do it as a way of making it all like see like normal in the eyes of God and everything. Mm. That's a bit weird, isn't it? The third baptism, yeah. death. <laughs> now we are going to learn all about the Celts. <sighs> to modern ears, the word Celtic evokes traditional art, literature, and music from mainly Ireland and Scotland. Mm. But the ancient Celts were a widespread group of people with origins all across Europe. The Celts were actually the largest ancient group in Europe. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Oh. The largest. The ancient culture known as the Celts once extended far beyond the British Isles, with territory stretching from Spain to the Black Sea. The Celts were geographically the largest group of people to inhabit ancient Europe. The difficulty of tracing Celtic history is that none of these ancient peoples living in Western or Central Europe would have called themselves Celts. That name came from the Greeks, who made their first contacts with what they described as barbarian people who they called the Keltoi in 540 BC on the southern coast of modern-day France. The ancient Celts were never a single kingdom or an empire, but a collection of hundreds of tribes with a shared culture and distinctive language. The Celts were described as barbaric warriors. Since the Celts themselves, since themselves left no written histories, were left to rely on the admittedly biased accounts of their enemies in battle, mm. the Greeks and later the Romans. Historians don't know why the Greeks called them Keltoi, but the name stuck, and the Celts developed a reputation in Greece as hard-drinking, hard-fighting, savages, often battled they would often go into battle naked and were prized as great mercenaries across the Mediterranean. The Romans called the Celts Galli or Gallia and frequently clashed with Celtic tribes that invaded Roman outposts in northern Italy. 
in 387 BC, a fearless Celtic warlord named Brennus sealed the barbaric reputation of the Celts by violently sacking and pillaging Rome and putting most of the Roman Senate to the sword. Mm, the Senate. Centuries later, after the Roman Empire had conquered several Celtic tribes in the Iberian Peninsula, which, by the way, is just now... The Iberian Peninsula is, like, in modern day, just like Spain and Portugal. Mm. Uh, the Romans called them Gallicae. Julius Caesar embarked on a nine-year Gallic War to defeat the Celts and various other tribal kingdoms in what was then known as Gaul, but is nowadays modern France. Caesar wrote about the conquest of Gaul with a mix of disgust and respect for his Celtic enemies. In the end, Caesar makes a clear distinction between the civilised Mediterranean world of Rome and the great unwashed Celts in Gaul, so that Romans are justified in colonising them. Mm. Says Bettina Arnold, an anthropology, anthropology professor at the University of Wisconsin and Milwaukee. Ancient Celtic burial, burial grounds reveal complex societies. The Celts were far from savages, as evidenced by the intricate metalwork and jewellery excavated from ancient Celtic hill forts and burial mounds all across Europe. One such mound near Hochdorf, Germany, held the remains of a Celtic chieftain and a wealth of artefacts pointing to a complex and stratified Celtic society. The Hochdorf Chieftain's Mound dates from about 530 BC, what archaeologists call the Late Hallstatt period, when Celtic culture was concentrated in Central Europe. The chieftain was laid out on a long bronze couch, with wheels and dressed in gold finery, including a traditional Celtic neckband, which they call torques. Can you think of them? Like those cool mm. torques? He was surrounded by ornate drinking horns and a large bronze cauldron, which still held the remains of high proof and honey mead. That's what you want nice. to drink. Mm. Love in the mead. Arnold says that the wheeled coach was replaced in later Celtic burial mounds by two-wheeled chariots that carried the honoured dead into the afterlife. The drinking equipment points to the critical role of feasting as a socio-political tool to the Celtic people. What the Greeks and Romans described as excessive drinking was actually a way for Celtic elites to strengthen ties with allies, and that continued into the great beyond. Mm, mm. The Celts believed in a, in a strong, powerful afterlife. You had to bring alcohol with you and throw a big party when you got to the other side. <laughs> a sign of a good leader was generosity first. I like that. Mm. You know, so how, so would they have been at the same time as Vikings, but just in different places, or like because it sounds quite Vikingy, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, they would like, have been like really similar people. Mm, do you mm. know what I mean like with all like the drinking and the mead and like the believing in like a big sort of party afterlife and mm. stuff like that? But they were like, um, like really, really similar, like in terms of DNA and everything, but like obviously slightly different because mm. the Celtic people, as I said, would have been in like what was like modern day Britain and like yeah like Germany and France, Spain, places like that. Mm. It does get like a little bit confusing though because you think of like the Germanic peoples mm. and that is considered different to like the Celtic peoples but that's right. because it came that was like a little bit later. The Celts were famous for their colorful wool textiles and they were the forerunners of the famous Scottish tartan. Mm. And while only a few tantalizing scraps of these textiles survive today, um that we do believe that Celts were the first to wear tartan but they would have wore them as like tartan trousers oh okay so it's cool to imagine right. like a bunch of Celts running around like tartan trousers mm. isn't it 
They didn't have buttons though, so they would have fastened their clothing. Not the kilts then. <laughs> no, no. Just dr- I think the kilts were actually invented by the English, weirdly. Really? Yeah, it's like one of those like weird facts where like what? everyone associates them with the Scottish, but it was actually oh. the English. Yeah. Whoa. I know it's weird. I isn't don't it? like that for some reason. I'm pretty sure that's the case. We should we should look it up. Everything in Celtic society was passed down by their druids, who were by far the most important people in their societies. The ancient Celts weren't illiterate, but what is known as illiterate, which means that they chose deliberately not to write down their information, not that they didn't have the ability to. Mm. Um, and they did this in order to safeguard their what they considered their sacred stories, their laws, and safeguard any important information. The Celtic religion, for example, required animal and human sacrifices to a pantheon of gods, but that esoteric knowledge was restricted only to Celtic priests called Druids, and passed on orally from generation to generation. Druids were figures of great respect and honour in Celtic society, and were among the few who could safely travel among warring tribes, even in times of battle. Apparently, um, the Druids were so thought so highly of and were so powerful that they could literally walk in, right into the middle of a battle as it, as it happened and just go, STOP! And everyone would just stop. Whoa. Yeah. Mm. That's so crazy. And that's how much power and respect they had. Oh, there's something so mysterious hearing about all this now. I'm just like, oh, I, I wish I could know more yeah. about them mm. or like see what that time was like. Uh, so cool, isn't it? Mm. So, so cool. John Cock, a historical linguist specialising in early Celtic languages at the University of Wales, um, says that, yeah, they were, they were, could basically do absolutely anything in their society. Like, Druids were like, they were almost like a God cross, they, they were like a cross, yeah, they were like gods, kings, wizards, mm. like, and everything, all of the above and more. Other learned classes of Celts included genealogists who memorised centuries of tribal relations. Those responsible for, mem- they, and these people had to memorise everything in Celtic society they were like chosen from birth All right. and then they would be like told orally everything about their traditions that's and like they, what I was saying yeah, the historians like, then. The, yeah the, it, it must have been super important that's yeah. why it was like as, as such mm. a big role to do something like that because if you didn't write anything down the way that that information yeah. was passed down must have been so like specific and like must to, be like a lot of pressure because you know like Chinese whispers yeah you know? yeah yeah mm. definitely definitely um uh, so yeah, so they had what they called, um, you know, genealogists. Like my what you nowadays would call a genealogist, who were responsible for memorising all of this. But they also what they saw as equally important were their bards, who would they would teach See all. Yep, yeah, mm-hmm. who basically all mm. of the oral tradition would be told to the bards, and then the bards would recite it all through songs, which is so cool, isn't it? Mm. The bards were considered both the storytellers and the folk historians of their societies. I love that. I absolutely love that. Even though the Celtic tribes never unified politically under one kingdom, their oral traditions helped to create and maintain a cultural unity across great geographical distances. That explains why Celts were most easily identified by their shared language. Celtic languages are still spoken, but only in parts of the UK and France. Nowadays this includes Welsh, Irish, Scottish Gaelic, Manx Gaelish, Manx Gaelic, Cornish, and what's known as Breton in Brittany, in France. Mm. That's pretty cool, isn't it? So they were like, obviously, the reason why England is called England is because it was invaded by like the Germanic peoples, like the the, Ang- the Angles and, mm-hmm. the, and the Saxons and the Jutes. So um, a lot of people like, like live in England, don't have that much Celtic blood. Mm. But super related anyway. I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like apples or oranges, because I know that like if you really want to go like really balls deep in your history, 
like in terms of like the blood like those ancient historians say that they're like we were like virtually identical anyway yeah mm. Mm. that's why it's like you know like scandinavian people germanics peoples and celtic people they're all so similar mm. yeah some nice little celtic facts for us there. yeah that's cool and mm, to be honest, that's, there was piqued my interest man i want to do some more research into that yeah to be honest there were like loads of more celtic facts um that i got ready but we've come to the end of the show oh so we'll have, to have some more at another time mm. Sure. But yeah, we have come to the end of this week's Pandora's Box. I like the fact that that just for like the last half an hour, we've just had this music playing. <laughs> but it was just so nice. I just wanted yeah. it in the background. And it was especially relevant for both the Scottish tale and for this Celtic tale. Mm-hmm. So thanks Beautiful. for everyone for tuning in to Pandora's Box. If you don't watch us on YouTube or don't know us on Spotify, please go on our Spotify's and our YouTubes and give us a subscribe. Give us a like, ring that little Hit bell that like button. button, ding, 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 oh, and yeah. share. And yeah, join us again next week on Pandora's Box. Goodbye. Have a nice week, everyone. <laughs>